now broadcasting from Suitland, Maryland, USA, Abiding Truth with Dr. McCune, an outreach of Suitland Road Baptist Church. Please visit us at www.srbcoutreach.org. And now, here's our pastor, Dr. Calvin M. McCune. And praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Every Sunday morning, the Holy Spirit moves. We come to church, and God oversees everything. And he has a way in doing that of helping us to just yield to him and let him do his work. God needs our availability. He does not need our help. Our help comes from the Lord, but he needs our availability. He needs for us to surrender to him. I want you to lay a foundation on today's message. Before I get into it, this is, will be coming from Hebrews chapter 5. And the title of my message is Christ Our High Priest. Christ Our High Priest. We ever wonder this in this Christian life, now that we are saved, why do we struggle? Why is it we understand that the minute we put our faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. And yet, it seems as though we are struggling and the struggle is relentless. And we do mature and we do grow and we come to understand Christ's love, God's love for us. And the more we understand that, in that maturity, we're able to discern what is the difference between good and evil. And we learn to trust and to rest in him. But is there something foundational that God wants us to experience in that process? And I believe that there is. Matter of fact, there's a certainty that there is. The scripture tells us that we have to be looking onto Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit is revealing Christ to us. He revealed Christ to us in the beginning that led us to put our faith in Jesus. No one can come to the Father except he draws that person. On the other hand, when, we, when the Spirit draws us to Christ and we hear the gospel message, God does not remove our free will. We still have to choose that whosoever believe in him. We can choose to say yes to Jesus or we can choose to ignore him. God did not take away our free will. But now that we are saved, listen, saints, now that we are saved, we have to focus on our Lord Jesus Christ. The more we focus on him, is, it is the more victory we will have over the warfare that comes in the mind. The mind is a battlefield. The mind is that place where the devil will come against us, putting thoughts and setting up traps and snares, giving us desires and feelings, making us feel a sense of emptiness. And then he's telling us this is how you will fulfill it by doing the wrong thing, making bad choices. But on the other hand, when we open our hearts to the word of God and we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us, something amazing happens in the mind. 
And when we open the word of God, the main person in the word of God that the Holy Spirit is revealing to us is Christ Jesus, our Savior. He is the main person. So today's message is Christ, our high priest. He is our high priest. And it is imperative. We have to understand what the Bible teaches about Christ being our high priest. And as we understand that, something amazing happens inside of our soul, inside of our being. It does not mean that we would be exempted from life storms. But there is a place of, as we saw last week, a place of rest and a place of victory, sustained victory. Even though we may be suffering, as we come to understand Christ as our high priest. He is our high priest. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to bless us, shall we? Father, thank you. Thank you, dear God, for your word. Thank you, Father, because your word is your very breath, dear God. We have it, Lord Jesus, because holy men wrote as they were moved by you, O Holy Spirit. And all of your scripture is to reveal Jesus. So, Father, Lord Jesus, speak to us today. Open our understanding, our mind, our hearts, not only to hear, but to believe, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all say, Amen. Amen. Christ, our high priest. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. we will find here uh, the biblical definition of the priesthood, as we would read in the Old Testament. In Hebrews chapter 5, it says, For every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God. So God set up the priesthood in the Old Testament, at the time of Moses. And he says, every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men, for the benefit, for our benefit. That's why God established the priesthood back then. And the benefit has to be that God will use the high priest to minister to us things pertaining to God. Are we following that? Yes. So that's the first understanding. There are things that God wants us to understand about him. He is our creator. There's a way he wants us, he wants to bring us back to him. And God is saying, look, I want you to understand this, and when I appoint high priests, The high priest is for your benefit, for you to understand who I am and what I am doing. Second, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. The high priest. The high priest is going to offer (coughs) both gifts and sacrifices for sin. The sin of the people. God wants all the time out of his love to deal with our sin issue. The high priest back then 
on the Day of Atonement, they will bring two goats before him. One he will offer as a sacrifice for the sin of the people. The other he, was, he would lay his hands and he would name those sins and then he would release that animal into the desert. But before doing that, he will make an offering for himself because he himself has a sin problem. So he would have to do that before. So this high priesthood has to do with, so far we have seen, it has to do with God wanting to reach us and communicate to us who he is. And even though man is in a weak condition, God says, I am going to raise up a high priest so that you can understand what I desire for you because I want to reach out to your need. And secondly... This high priest, God will use to deal with the people's sins. Are we, are we following that? Yes. Thirdly, this high priest, he can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray since he himself is also subject to weaknesses. Because of this, he is required as for the people, so also for himself to offer sacrifices for sin. So he can understand this high priest, this human high priest, this person, before Jesus. He can understand the people. Why? Because he himself has sin issues. He himself is tempted. He himself is weak as a man. So he can understand this. And he understands that first he has to offer a sacrifice for himself. So God did not appoint angels to be high priests. God appointed men to be high priests. So, so what do we have so far? The high priesthood established. God established it through Moses. And God is saying, look, I'm going to appoint high priests because there are things that I want you to learn. I created you. I give you a choice to obey me, you disobey me, you sin, but I want to redeem you because I, I love you. So I'm going to raise up a high priest, this whole institution of the priesthood. I'm going to do it, not for your ideas, but my ideas, what I have. Because I am God, I know what is best for you. We follow that? But your problem is a sin issue. So the, this office of the high priest is to deal with your sin issue. And that person will be able to understand exactly what you're going through because he is human. And he can have compassion on you because he has to offer a sacrifice for his sin issue first. Praise God for his word. The fourth, what we learn here is this. And no man takes, this is in verses 4, no man takes this honor to himself, but he who is called by God just as Aaron was. So no one can take the honor of high priest. God is saying, 
you can't get up in the morning and decide you want to be high priest. I have to call you to be high priest. So those are the four main principles, teachings, understanding concerning the high priest. Now we come to our high priest. Now we come to our high priest. So also, Jesus did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to Ham, God said to the son, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And he also said in another place, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Christ did not call himself. He did not glorify himself. God appointed him. This is why when he was tempted, this is why when he, after being baptized, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. But before, at the moment when he was baptized, when he got out of that water, there is a testimony from heaven. This is my beloved son. And then the Spirit led him to be tempted. It is God who called Jesus. Christ, who is God, submitted himself to the Father for our benefit. What are some of the differences between Jesus as our high priest and the similarities? Firstly, in the Old Testament, who would call the high priest? God will call the high priest. Could Jesus call himself? No, God called Jesus. Another similarity is this. The high priest would have would be able to have compassion for the people. Jesus also had compassion because he came in our form. The high priest back then would be dealing with the sin issue, the people's sin issue. Christ is dealing with our sin issue. That's very similar, isn't it? What are some differences? That high priest in the Old Testament... He himself had a sin problem. So he had to offer a sacrifice for himself. But Christ was tempted in all form as we are yet without sin. See the difference? Which high priest then is superior to which? Christ. The supremacy of Jesus. Are we following that? And thus he has the title Son of God. Jesus had to go through all of the human weaknesses. He had to be hungry and he had to be thirsty. But yet without sin. Unlike that Old Testament high priest. That high priest himself, remember we said, he would offer the animals... He will offer that bull for himself and will take the two goats and one is going to be sacrificed. The other he laid his hands on him. The scapegoat sends him into the desert. 
because Christ is the Son of God, and because there is no sin with Jesus, he himself became the sacrifice. That high priest could not become that sacrifice. And here is a wonderful thing. Because of that reality, we have a high priest who is Jesus, who offered himself for our sin, and God is solving our sin problem before him. He need only do that once, unlike the high priest before then, who every year, remember we talk about the Day of Atonement? That Day of Atonement comes around. That high priest has to do that over and over and over and over. Christ doing this only one time. The scripture mentioned you are a priest forever. According to the order of Melchizedek, it's telling us this. Christ's high priest will go on. His high priesthood will go on for all eternity. Scripture speaks about Melchizedek, that he had no big beginning and no ending. Verses 7 says, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication, so while Jesus was among us, and he walked among us, he prayed for us with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son. So Christ is calling out to the Father, and he is weeping in agony and tears before he goes to the cross. He learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Let's deal with Jesus. He learned obedience. What is meant by learned obedience? It doesn't mean that Jesus had a weakness and he had to learn something. It means that Jesus had to yield fully to the Father. He had to surrender himself. How do we know this? Because he prayed, Father, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Though he was his son, yet he had to learn obedience. When the scripture said he humbled himself and he came, he did not cling to his right to be God, but he humbled himself and he came in our form and he was obedient even to the point of death, the death on the cross. In order for Jesus to fully represent us, he couldn't quit. He had to go all the way. So this is a new experience for him and he had to be willing to obey the Father all the way through the cross. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obeyed him. What is being perfected? It means that he complete his calling. Christ completed his calling for us. Christ, our high priest. He made it possible for our lives to be in a right relationship with God. And he did it according to the order of Melchizedek. Remember we said Melchizedek means no end forever and ever. 
Jesus made it possible for all lives to be right with God. Think of this for a moment. Whatever we have in this life, it is, a, it is appointed unto everyone. What is certain? We will die. We will die. And after death, what will happen? The judgment. And for us, when we put our faith in Jesus, when we accept the salvation that Jesus provided for us, we still would, would have to die. However, Christ took the judgment that we would have had to face after we die. He took that upon himself on our behalf. And he solves that judgment issue before we die. The question in life is, how should I live? The bigger question, how should I prepare for death? Because that one is coming. How I live, we have a whole bunch of variables, don't we? And when I was a young man, and one year I wanted to be a pilot, few months after, doctor, few months after, lawyer, few months, I'm all over the place. We have all these choices. There is one thing we have no choice over. The Bible says it is, it is appointed. That's an appointment. Who made the appointment? God will make the appointment. And scripture tells us the last breath that we have, God says, I will not extend it. If God extends it, it's only by his mercy. We can crowd to him and he's merciful and he may choose to do it, but we cannot extend it. He says the, the borders, the boundary of that has already been made. But Jesus paid the price. Jesus made a way for us. He took care of that judgment when we die. What, an, what a place to be, a place of relief and Thank you, God. That is our high priest, our Lord Jesus. Why? Because he did not quit. Having been perfected, he became the author of eternal life. We have so much to say. The Holy Spirit is letting us know here through the writer and hard to explain since you have come dull of hearing. It is possible, child of God, that the enemy can bring confusion in God's church and in this Christian journey. It's possible that God's people can begin to focus on themselves instead of Jesus. It is possible that the enemy can say to the child of God that God wants you to look at yourself and be concerned about your sense of personal well-being for the rest of your life. And when we do that, we continue to struggle for the rest of our lives. Yeah. On the other hand, here is a liberating thought and reality and truth. Christ has started this work in me. Christ has saved me. And Christ is my high priest right now in heaven. Yeah. And the more I focus and ask the Holy Spirit through the word of God to help me 
to understand who Jesus is as my high priest is the more I, my faith will be strengthened by looking on to Jesus. The less I would want to focus on myself and the more I will focus on Jesus. It's as simple as that. Are we following that? The only one will complicate that is the devil. He's the only one. And God is saying, he's speaking to us through verses 12 and following. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Here is a question that you, you ought to throw at me is, Pastor McCune, what does that have to do with Jesus as being high priest? Why did God put it there? Why, why is that passage following right after Christ as high priest? God is saying it has everything to do with that. A child of God that is struggling, being tossed to and fro from here to there all over the place, that person is struggling because that person has been distracted in their journey from focusing on Jesus. There's no mistake. Are we following this? That can happen to anyone. Do you think that can happen to a pastor, an elder, a deacon, a bishop? Anyone that can happen to. You begin to focus on self and self-glory. Begin to want to make a name for yourself. Begin to think that you're the only one that can explain scripture. Begin to think your own Jesus church. Begin to think like the world. Some type of intrinsic or intrinsic or extrinsic influences coming into the soul that says to the church leader, I want you to admire me. Instantly our eyes are off our high priest. And what's the care for the I, me, and myself attack of the enemy? Look to the high priest. Because if not, you will end up, you will be babes for the rest of your life. Are we following that? We will be babes. Who are being babes? Believers are being babes. This is not unbelievers. A believer can remain a babe all the time. When they're supposed to be strong, you're still a babe. 20, 30, 40 years of being saved, you're supposed to be strong. But you're a babe. Still drinking milk. Why? Because God distracted got distracted instead of following Jesus, the ultimate obedience. Okay, enough on the negative. Let's close off on the positive. Are you following that? Yes, let's close off on the positive here. It's a simple choice, isn't it? What is the most positive thing, the most positive truth that came to you in your life, the most positive truth 
I'm going to answer it. Let someone answer the wrong thing. The most positive truth you got in your life, and for me, was 51 years ago when someone said to me, you need to be born again. And Jesus loves you. And he is your savior. Think of it. That was the most positive thing. That was far better than you need. I'll provide all the money for whatever career you, you want. Jesus loves you. God loves you. And Jesus died for you. Because he loves you. And no one need convince me I'm a sinner. All I have to do is be honest with myself. Or simply just stand up and look in the mirror. And if I look and I walk away and forget what I see, the Bible describes that. I'm in a bad place. Scripture says that. But the good news is to hear that Jesus loves me. That's the most positive message that we got in our lives. And what happened after that? That love of Jesus came into our souls with all the confusion, with all the mess and everything that's going on. Jesus says, I love you just as you are, and I am your Savior. I die for you. I am your high priest. I'm standing at your door, and I am knocking. That's a wonderful scripture. That scripture is used concerning the church, God outside the church, knocking to get in the church. But it's a good scripture even for unbelievers because God is doing that all the time because he loves the world. He loves us. Because Jesus is our high priest and he paid the price for our sin. Everything. He took care of it. And then he said, I want you, whosoever believe, to believe in me as your Savior. We don't complicate it, do we? God says, I just want you to believe that I did this for you. Believe that I love you and believe that I am your Savior. And when we believe in Jesus, when we say yes to him, what happens? God says, if you believe in me, here's a guarantee. You will not perish, but you will have eternal life. A guarantee. A guarantee that is based not only on the finished work of Jesus, but he is representing his finished work, Melchizedek, for all eternity. And now that we are saved, here, here is the next, next phase beyond that, Right? The devil, Satan, demons will not leave us alone. They will come to us and the demons will be attacking us. Remember when you did something? Remember when you were this horrible person? Our only answer ought to be, yes, I was. But now I'm washed by the blood of Jesus because Christ is my high priest. And the devil comes and he says, oh, yes? Well, you can have both going on here. You can have both Christianity and world at the same time. You can have glamour and you can have Christ at the same time. And God says no. And our answer is no. I don't want to be 
drinking milk for the rest of my life. So no, I want to be looking onto Jesus because he is my high priest. So what's the conclusion here? Every morning, every morning, here's a practical aspect. Every morning when we get up, we say, oh dear God, help me to understand as we read his word, we must be disciplined. There's no getting around it to read the word of God. Help me to understand how much you, eternal high priest, how much you love me. Are you following? Yes. Help me to understand how much you love me. Even the, even the earthly high priest, he is weak and he'll have compassion on the people. How much more God, who is Jesus, who is perfect. Because that earthly high priest, yes, he'll have compassion, but he's still thinking of himself. God, help me to understand Jesus. High priest, help me to understand how much you love me. What are we praying? Help me to understand how much you love me. And then here is this. Don't miss this one, okay? Then thank him for it. We enter into God's presence with thanks. Thank you, God. Follow that? Something amazing happens when we reflect on those whom God has placed in our lives. Even on earth, we understand that. And we are thankful to them. We reflect of how much they love us. And then we thank them. Thank you, God. It's like a child to a father. If a child keeps demanding, I want more, I want more, I want more. That child can grow up to be an adult and still thinking, well, you owe me something. Child may even get married and now you're 30 something, 40 something. You still owe me something. What's the solution? Stop. Be thankful that you have parents that love you. And then reflect on how much they love you and then give them thanks. Are you following that? You want to mature, you want to get out from milk, you want to get to discern what is of the devil and not, and to walk victoriously. Jesus, Father, reveal to me how much you love me afresh every day as I stay in your word. And then, Father, what's the next response after that? Thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being my high priest. Thank you, Father. We bless your holy name. God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, God. Jesus, thank you for being our high priest, our savior. And we thank you for that. There's no room, dear God, in our hearts for us to complain about anything. For us to think you owe us something. You love us. While we are yet in sin, you love us. You are our high priest. And you went all the way to the cross. And for that, God, we are thankful. 
with all our hearts, Lord Jesus, we are thankful, dear God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Lord Jesus, you are our high priest. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say, Amen. Amen. Was left.